Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And yes, so welcome to another edition of Spinty Fiction, uh, which is a once the once the month, once a month series, mini-series? Wow, I'm questioning myself a lot at the beginning right here. Um, where where we read fiction and it might be slightly more sound produced depending on what we're reading. Um, it is an ongoing segment and currently we are in a continuing fiction called Terminus, the Depopulation Event. So if you're not caught up on that, this is chapter two, I think, but it's the third one because there's a prologue, which makes sense, of course. So yeah, check those out if you haven't checked them out. Also, if this is not your thing, it's once a month. I like to throw that in because I have friends who specifically don't like that kind of thing. I'm not saying it as if like, you suck for not liking this. I just know. That might I not am. be what you You signed suck up. for not liking it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew, Samantha, you were back there like, Ugh. I'll let her do it, but... Uh. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying if you're not liking it, you suck. Oh, I thought you were coming out against me. No, no, no. I'm supporting you saying if you don't like this, you suck. Okay. All I right. Now, all right, we're on the same page. Thank you. I got you. I got Thank you. Thank you. I will say I recently, I think in one of the first renditions of this, you and I discussed like sharing our writing and how scary that can be. I did recently share it with some people. I've actually only shared it with two people before this, before like the podcast. Like, because I'm thinking we could bring in some voices and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think that'd be fun. Like, even in this one, uh, I think it was too late to do it, but I was I was looking at having a, a little casting sheet, a wish list, mm-hmm, bringing mm-hmm. some people in. I got to get you, uh, Samantha, I've got two people I'm, I'm thinking for you. Okay, great. I'm yes. ready. Okay. Is I'll it a dog? Do I get to play the dog? <laughs> you did seriously think I was asking you to play a dog earlier. That's not <laughs> a joke, ready. listeners. I was ready. <laughs> I believe it. Um, I'm supporting you in every way, and I will be 
a dog. That is the kind of wonderful friend and supportive person that you are. Thank you. <laughs> so this one's going to be a bit shorter. I was going through this because, again, I wrote this in 2010. I've realized that the chapters are very uneven in length. And I could go in and change it, I guess. But usually they end at a place that, like, okay, that's a good ending. Just leave it there. Um, but that means that this one is shorter. And uh, I did want to put a trigger warning at the top. If you have missed the last ones, you, you don't want to go back for whatever reason. You're like, no, I'm starting with this one. That's what it is. Um, this is a pretty... I like to say this is the worst time to be doing this, except some people seem to, like me, actually find catharsis through things that are similar to trauma, traumatic experiences you've gone through. So this story is an end-of-the-world story. It's about a virus. It's a sex-based virus. Um, there's a lot of issues around motherhood, bodily autonomy, the government taking away people's right to choose um, and basically controlling their bodies. So yeah, a lot of that stuff is stuff that we're dealing with now. So I don't really get it if you're like, nope, not today. <laughs> uh, that makes sense to me. Essentially, there's been a lot of like travel and introspection on the main character Tilda's behalf on did she do the right thing in taking her son Madison and feeling like she's inadequate and that she is more of an older sister than his mother and hiding from the enforcers trying to find a place safe and warm and trying to find food, all that stuff. So there will also be discussion around hunger, um, if that that is a trigger for you as well. So, all right, with all of those disclaimers aside, let us get into the fiction portion. Tilda dreamt. Dark, shadowy dreams of specters and cold needles and screaming. Her sores peeled away her skin as she was chased by tireless pursuers shouting obscenities at her, calling her horrible names, and then dogs barking, ever closer, barking, barking, barking. She jerked awake, heart pounding. Madison murmured sleepily from her arms. The dogs were real. There was barking in the distance. Before she could process this and what it could mean, the sound of voices overrode everything else. Her heart nearly stopped at the spike of adrenaline. Hmm? Shh, she whispered in Madison's ear, pulling him closer. She propped herself up as much as she could, trying to get a glimpse out the windshield. Her eyes felt too wide, her ears strained in an attempt to figure out how many were speaking and how close they were. Madison shifted, trying to sit up, but Tilda held him down. No, stay there, okay? Stay still and be quiet. Her whispered commands had more effect due to the quivering of her arms. Madison realized the seriousness of the situation, the gravity of it evident in her shaking. Two men outside the fence, getting closer. She couldn't yet pick out any words, not enough to tell if they were enforcers. The barking had faded away, granting Tilda the tiniest sliver of relief. Dogs would have sniffed them out immediately. It must have been a wild dog, perhaps barking as the men passed, drawing Tilda awake before the intruders could get too close. In her dream, the barking chased her, but this had been more of a warning. The sound of grating metal had Madison tensing in her hold. She drew a sharp breath, 
debating different escape options, different pathways, but she could not see the end of any of them, could not foresee any one of them leading to success. She could hear gravel crunching, could catch snatches of sentences. Graveyard, there's no one here. I'm telling you, there's somewhere across the river in Cleo Springs, if they're here at all. Remiss not to check. The second voice was softer, sharper. Maybe dead already. Anyone consider that? The second man replied, but Tilda couldn't make it out. F- we care anyway. Madison put his hands over his mouth, shaking himself now. She shushed him again. Probably dead and good riddance. They're not dead. The men were close. A light danced by the windshield. Madison shuddered fearfully. Don't move. Tilda breathed. She could see faint silhouettes now drawing closer. Come on, it's cold as fuck out here. Shut up, the other man commanded, authority like tempered steel in his voice. Tilda's spine tingled with fear. An onslaught of images of what they'd do to her and to Madison if they were caught overwhelmed her senses. One of the men leveled his light at one of the cars in front of them, giving it a cursory inspection. Close your eyes. Tilda whispered, gently turning Madison's face into the black upholstery. She pressed her cheek into his hair, half hidden, one eye darting wildly, taking in the two men as they moved closer. All of her muscles tensed. They approached silently, both tall, outfitted in shades of black. Enforcers. The light hovered over the car in front of theirs. Tilda turned her face into Madison's soft hair to hide her pale skin from the light. The light passed over them. She could see it through her eyelids. She'd fight, she promised herself, tooth and nail. But it wouldn't be enough. Both mother and child stopped breathing. The light darted away and back again. And in the distance, a dog howled. The light danced at the area just above Tilda's feet. Does that sound like it's getting closer to you? The question was steady, carefully so. Are you frightened? The quieter and more controlled of the two scoffed disdainfully. A quick and vehement denial sprung to the other man's lips. No, but it would have scared our targets, right? I'm telling you, they're not here. The town isn't that far away. They would have kept going. But his partner interrupted, Others are searching the town. We are searching here. The handle, Tilda realized with a frantic clarity. If they look at the handle, they'll see where my hand smudged away the dust. She opened her eyes, lungs seizing in anticipation of being discovered, of shouting, of never seeing Madison again. But the light shifted away, illuminating the car behind them. Tilda didn't move. Her muscles were so tense she wasn't confident she'd be able to. And nor did Madison. The enforcers continued to snipe at each other, but their bickering grew further and further away. Exhaling a shaky breath, Tilda went limp, all the strength draining from her body, answerless questions pounding at her brain, demanding her attention. But the chemical cocktail of her terror made it impossible to focus on anything but trying to breathe properly, to not collapse in on herself. In her arms, Madison took panicky breaths, his small frame trembling. Automatically, Tilda lifted a wobbly hand and carted her fingers clumsily through the hair not concealed by his hood. 
She felt him begin to relax at her shaky efforts to provide comfort. Eyes fluttering closed. How many random events led to where they were? Things seemingly inconsequential, stretching out and touching all around them, contracting and expanding time and lives and everything. A barking dog, a sound echoing across the fabric of existence. Tilda and Madison were spared. Two lives still there because of something so small. History, brick by brick in every action. Tilda laid awake, unable to calm, wanting the sun to come, but dreading it at the same time. Where would they go? The town was close, according to the two men, but the enforcers were there, searching, watching. For who, she couldn't be sure, but something in her gut told her it was for her and her son. Either way, they were still fugitives. But they desperately needed supplies. They couldn't go back. There was nothing to go back to, not with next to nothing. Straying into the woods would be too dangerous, bordering on suicidal. Not ideal, but what choice do we have? The mantra held equal parts hysteria and desperate resignation. Unless she could think of another option, they'd have to go. Though her mind wrestled with it until the cicadas lulled in the twilight before dawn, she'd known deep down at the very start there was no alternate solution. Denying it didn't help, but accepting it meant accepting that she was trapped. That she'd have to sneak into the town, place her son in danger, to keep them both alive. It was a hell of a conundrum. One she'd have to deal with, like it or not, in the morning. Her stomach grumbled, cramping painfully. Addison huddled in her arms, cold. Sunlight broke over the horizon, slowly spilling cool light over the junkyard, the skeletons of cars casting long, menacing shadows. Tilda didn't blink for a long time, staring at the black seat in front of her as the line of light steadily rose until it reached the ceiling, bringing with it no warmth, only dread and hard decisions. A new day had begun. for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And that brings us to the end of Terminus Chapter 2. And so look for Chapter 3 next month. Um, we're, we're moving right along, as they say. <laughs> and I hope that, I hope that you enjoyed it. As I said, this is a shorter, this was a shorter chapter and hopefully builds up some of the tension of what Tilda is facing and what she is running from, um, in more of a, a visceral way. Cause she's, there's sort of the ongoing mental issues that she's running from, but also... The real world ones that are related. Yeah. yeah. That are related. Oh, gosh. There's so much I want to talk about, but it comes later. But I would love if anybody has any theories around what's about to happen. Uh, because this is kind of a... It is a vulnerable thing for me. I'm also sort of accepted. I'm happy to share it, I guess. Even though I know it's not perfect. And even though I know it has issues. It's something that I love writing fiction. I love audio fiction. I love hearing what Christina does with it. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, this is very indulgent. But uh, hopefully you are enjoying it as well. So thanks as always for listening. Thanks to you, Samantha, for the continued support. Always. <laughs> yes. Thanks to Christina for being amazing and making these happen. And yeah, if there is anything in the fiction realm that is in the public domain that you would like for us to read. Because uh, I think we could, I would love to do some branching out sometimes, some special episodes. Um, I've been thinking about like fan fiction. I know we've talked about that before, but that could be really fun. Please send those suggestions our way. You can email us at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Steph, I'll never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stephan Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. 
Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.